Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We've all had it, that big idea, and we know that if we do nothing, it's never going to happen. In a recent US-based Fiverr study, 25% of people had business ideas in the past 18 months, but the majority never pursued them due to lack of resources. Visit Fiverr.com today to turn nothing into something special. Welcome back to 929, the award-winning podcast from Fiverr.com. I'm your host, Ishan Akbar. This week, I'm joined by a marketing superstar. She was the first editor of branded content for the New York Times and has won multiple awards for her work. She's the director of content at Foundation and author Melanie Diesel. Melanie has spent many years both creating and teaching people about content creation, which is why she is here to tell us how to succeed with content. Now, I think the starting point is, you know, how do you come across content ideas? Because is there such a thing as an original idea? People often get themselves into a tangle thinking, hey, this has been done before. How do you come up with content ideas? You know, I think the the whole like it's been done before thing is a fear that we have as creators, but not necessarily something that our audience feels. Mm. Um, I mean, have you ever seen a movie and been like, ah, we've seen the plot. Guy falls in love with girl and they overcome. Tr- I mean, goodness, wait, we can't watch that again. You mm. know, I think our audience doesn't care so much about whether something has ever been done in that context. It's really more about does it add enough value that it's okay to have some level of of similarity to what's been done before. But to your point, I don't think there's too many things that have never, ever been done before at all. You know, most ideas, as you said, are sort of a, a combination of existing things or, you know, some sort of hybrid that draws on what's already worked. Tell me more about this notion of adding value. How do you know that something you're doing is adding value? Because I think it's a very fair point, but it must be something as a content creator, you think to yourself, if you're anything like me, I'm a comedian. Everything you do is just riddled with this angst being like, this is of no value whatsoever. (laughs) How do you know that you're adding value? Well, let me ask you as a comedian, how do you know when your stuff's working? Well, well, people are laughing, I guess. Right. Or sometimes when they're not, then I'm really pleased. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Right. So they're laughing or in a digital context, favoriting, liking, uploading, whatever it is. Right. So, so all content is very similar. It depends on where you're sharing it, you know, whether that's like live laughs or, or upvotes or something. And it depends on, on the intent. So if we're trying to uh, make people laugh and they're laughing, then that's a good thing. Uh, if we're trying to make them sad and they're laughing, well, like that's probably not great, right? That's not what we're going for. So to be able to know whether it's working, whether it's adding value, you need to be clear on your purpose. Why am I sharing this? What am I hoping my audience will get out of this? And then you need to be able to to see or measure or in some way observe whether you're getting that desired outcome. And that's going to be different for everybody. So a lot of my content, just as a tangible example, I'm really focused on education. I want to add value to people in that way where they feel like, oh, I've learned something. This is going to help me in some way. So I specifically look for comments or replies or things of that nature that express, oh, this was helpful. This was useful. Mm -hmm. To me, that says, okay, I'm adding the educational value that I wanted to add. I'm getting that feedback. I'm very interested to pick your brain in terms of the perspective from the company because there'll be loads of companies who'll be thinking 
we should do content. And that's yeah. all they know. And they hire a team and they say, go and do some content. What advice would you give to someone who's listening to this who works in that space and they're trying to mold something for a company they work for? Yeah. So the, the first thing I'll say is like, good luck to you. This is a tough job. Um, I know this uh, as, a, as you know, from personal experience, um, but it can also be really rewarding. The first place that I always recommend you start is with some version of customer story, success story, testimonial, something that involves a person sharing a positive. That's where you want to start. And the reason you start there is, is the people who are hardest to win over, your sales team, they already see the value in people sharing positives. They yeah. already know that testimonials or customer stories work. So starting there and just trying to make it as detailed and as personal and as human uh, as possible, I think that's a really good place for you to kind of get your feet wet but the true question to ask yourself is, you know, what value do we want to bring to our audience? Are we trying to educate them? Are we trying to, um, you know, entertain them? Are we trying to help them really see a particular need that they may not even be aware that they have? I think being really clear on your your brand purpose, what is it that we as a company try to achieve? What is it that we as a company try to do? Um, will really help guide what kind of stories you should tell, what kind of content you can create that aligns with those values. On the flip side, what kind of mistakes do you see people commonly making? I mean, there's a couple, and they're they're sort of uh, siblings, cousins, I suppose. Um, on one end, we have the we're going to try everything and do everything and burn out really quick because we're kind of spreading ourselves too thin. You jump in with both feet, and it's like we're on TikTok, we're doing a daily video on YouTube, and we have a podcast that comes out once a day, and you know you just kind of throw yourself into it so hard that it's not sustainable. On the other end of it, though, we see the people who are so intimidated by the folks jumping in with both feet that they're like, well, I can't do all of those things. So I'm not going to bother. We're not going to do anything. So we're looking for a happy medium. You know, don't be the person who dives in so, you know, so fully that you can't keep up, you can't maintain, but also don't be afraid and don't feel the pressure to be everywhere. I would much, much rather see you creating something once a week or every other week than creating something kind of crappy once a day or every other day. What do you wish you'd known at the start of your career when you made this foray into setting off on your own? What do you wish someone had told you? There's a lot of pressure, like we were talking about when we first started chatting about, to be the first to do something, that it has to be 100% original. And I think I wish I had known how easy it is to add value to people without having to reinvent the wheel. There's sort of a, a layer of imposter syndrome that can come up as a as a brand even, not even as an individual creator, but this idea that like, well, who wants to read our stuff? Who cares about what we have to say? What yeah. value are we adding to this noisy space? And I think we, we really underestimate how much we know and how good we are at the things we do and how much value we can add to our audience by talking about those things. And I think that kind of confidence from the get-go is, is really helpful. So whoever you are, if you're listening, know that you have value that you can add to your audience. You have things you can teach them. You have resources you can share and that there is something absolutely worth saying. What excites you most about marketing and branding? What is it that drives you to keep doing this? To me, it's a creative challenge. I mean, I'm, I'm a problem solver. I, I'm like a real MacGyver approach to situations. Like what can we possibly do to make this work no matter what? So to me, I, I love a good creative challenge when someone says like, oh, our brand's too boring to create content. I'm like, challenge accepted. We're going to create something amazing. Uh, so I, I really like that. And I like the fact that it's new challenges, new brands, new platforms all the time. It really feeds my, uh, my sort of puzzle-like mind, I guess. I guess this is probably 
a very selfish question, but <laughs> there'll be loads of listeners out there who are in a similar space, which is if you're a non-marketer, what advice would you give to them about how to market themselves or their business, whatever it might be? I mean, I think if you are not a marketer, some of this stuff may sound a little bit foreign, but I love to make analogies that connect to our everyday life. Mm. So if I mention a social gathering where you encountered someone who only talked about themselves, something's probably coming to mind. There's probably a person or a place that you've had that experience. That would be me. We don't. <laughs> we well, we don't we don't typically want to be that person for our audience, right? Oh. Like, you know, <laughs> like typically, what we want to do is we want to make sure, even in an interpersonal setting with your partner, your roommate, your friends, you want to do equal parts talking and listening. You want to ask questions and understand what's important to them. You know, you want to call back to things that you've talked about previously. Like that's how you really build a relationship. So I think applying some of those same things that you know instinctively in other parts of your life to the relationship you're building with your audience mm. makes it a lot easier. You can kind of take the buzzwords out of it and just say, well, if I'm trying to build a relationship with them, how can I listen better? How can I give them a gift? How can I acknowledge their accomplishments? Like all the things you would do building a relationship with a, with a singular person, try to find a way to do that with your audience and just really look at it like building a relationship. And I think it becomes a little bit easier. Well, Melanie, thank you so much for joining us on Mind29. Thanks for having me and letting me share my story. Melanie spoke about the importance of knowing your purpose, how you measure your success, and crucially, whether or not you feel like you're adding value from your perspective. It doesn't really matter whether you think something's been done before. Think about all the rom-coms we've seen. It's whether or not your particular perspective adds value to the audience you're serving. Just take that first step. 929 is a part of a Fiverr family. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave us a review and I'll see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.